That's how they go. Huh. Okay, <laughs> do that again real quick. Hey, you're listening to the Relics of War podcast, a podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and the Guild Wars community on the whole. My name is Ryan, some of you know me as Cole, and with me here today is Tasha from the Guild Wars Guru Auctions and Split Infinity Radio at siradio.fm. How are you doing? Hiya, I'm doing alright, how are you? I'm doing great, and um, right now, like the past two episodes, right after I did that, you kind of tried to carry the conversation on, and I totally cut you off like a jackass, so... Uh, this is this is this episode. I'm making an effort not to be a jackass. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and uh, with me also is Tiger Feet with the Secret Agent Cat blog at secretagentcat.com. How you doing, Tiger? Hey, I'm doing great. And a uh, new visitor with us today is the venerable Loudon Swain. Loudon, can we vener? Are you vener? What does that mean, venerable? Can you be venerated? Um, it. Yes. I think okay. it means old, doesn't it? Which applies. I think it means like um, you're very seasoned or Respected. you're well reputed. Peppercorn steak effect. Of course, to be well reputed, that sounds kind of mean too, because it has the word pew in it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, Loudon is well known like all across the Guild Wars community for being like the monk extraordinaire, which, as I understand, is not really the case anymore. Yeah, since it won't carry over, I see no point to play monk anymore. Uh, that's probably a good point. But um, what's what profession are you spending most of your time doing right now? Um, playing Sin, actually. I made a Sin to, uh, Keg Bomb, and then they nerfed Keg Bomb, so I just started title grinding on it. I've always wanted to try Assassin more seriously. That seems to be, like, the underrepresented profession of Guild Wars right now. Nobody really talks about it. I rarely use daggers. I just run Discord Caller, basically. The Assassin's Promise. How does that work? Um, basically, you just use Assassin's Promise to cast a, uh, Hex, and then any number of skills to put a condition on the enemy, and then the discords kill it really quick. Your skills recharge, you repeat. That's pretty cool. I know I've seen a lot of prop monks use Assassin's Promise anymore, but uh, mm. once again, we've gone back to monks, and Loudon's like, mm-mm. Assassin's now, man. Yeah, I still like monk. I was on my monk all weekend doing JQ. Yeah, it may be going the way of the dodo bird, but it's still fun in, in its old iteration. I mean, I can't say that I'm not a little glad to see ArenaNet taking that jump and trying something new. You know, I don't know. The whole healing thing just never seemed really all that. I don't want to say healing's great. A prodding I can't get, but healing's great. No, but like healing, this is a game that's kind of trying to emulate social interactions and stuff, as well as battles. And in battles in the past, you didn't have some guy running through the midline tossing bandages on everybody. It just doesn't. It seems out of place to me in terms of battle. Whereas self-preparation measures, that's not so weird. But uh, maybe I'm just being a fanboy and seeing everything from ArenaNet's standpoint and being well, like, Yeah, baby! Well, the other thing I was going to say is you didn't have battles in days of yore where you had people casting fireballs at the opposition either. That is true. Yeah, but William Wallace <laughs> claimed that he would. I should fireballs up my arse! <laughs> Are you sure you just watch The Simpsons? Oh, that and was that kind of Housekeeper Willie. Hi, <laughs> Simpson! Okay, anyway. Groundskeeper. Groundskeeper, really. So I always get him wrong. I don't know why. So, But on the monk, I can see what they're trying to do with not having to wait forever. I mean, that's the reason why I made a monk was because the first time I played through Prophecies was on a warrior, and it was like you'd be standing around 
forever. You know, we need a monk, need a monk for mission. So I can see them wanting to remove the weight, but I mean, the healing is cool. Like, you know, in PVP, there's going to be spikes and someone needs to catch those spikes. You're not going to have an L cast healing rain to stop someone from getting spiked out. Yeah. Yeah. I just like that feeling of I play a pivotal role when I show up, people are happy, you know? Yeah. That's how I felt too about the monk. I started because my husband and I didn't have a monk to run with. And so I slipped into that role. And now I've been completely spoiled because everybody needs me. I go on the Zeishin mission. I can pop into a district, usually get into a group in about 30 seconds and just go. I don't have to wait around for anybody. And on the flip side, though, I feel I don't really trust hardly anybody else to do that. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen bad monks and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this job because I don't think anybody else can do a good, as good of a job as me. <laughs> so I might as just get roped into doing it and that's why I'm excited to see it go because I I feel like I have the freedom to do something else and to try something else without gimping everybody else. I still hope we get one of those integral roles though where it doesn't have to be as integral where everybody waits for it but everybody might know hey this will go really well if we get a you know water elementalist or something and so you can be that water elementalist that shows up and they're like yes I don't know I like the whole oh I gotta sneeze I've got a handy hotkey button. I'm going to mute. I think it might be more along the lines of a role as opposed to a class. Like how they've said, we need someone to run control on this monster. Do we have a warrior that can do it? Or what about a ranger? Hey, I'm an elementalist and I've done this before. Why don't I run control today? The other thing I see happening is that support role coming in as being the replacement monk and being sort of after you've got sort of maybe two frontline and two midline getting at least one support person. Considering everyone's going to have their own defense slash healing skill on their bar by force, it's not necessarily the need to have the dedicated healer. If you've got the support character there, maybe the ritualist role, something like that, something that can buff and mitigate damage all in one, then I think that will be the staple um, of the Guild Wars 2 group build thing. Yeah, it'd be cool if that worked. I just think about it now. If you took a bunch of elementalists with heal party and all the warriors had heal sig and you didn't have a monk, you're still not going to do that well. You can still do quite a lot of the game, though, with maybe two ritualists in your group. You don't necessarily need to have a monk. You just need to have enough defense or enough control across your party to mitigate the damage so that whoever you have got that has got the capacity to support you can manage it. Right. But I see, so that just changes the scenario to, you know, need buffing writ instead of need healing monk for the mission. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is that I'm trying to make is that you move it from being a person specific thing to being something that the entire team has to be aware of and either control through positioning or the skills they've got synergized together. So it's not just one person's responsibility. Yeah, I see your point. Now, as I understand, or at least what I'm getting from you, Loudon, is that you're not really all that terribly upset about them removing the monk, are you? Um, or are you? I, well, it it's disappointing to me. I don't think it will necessarily ruin the game. But I do like that role, so hopefully, you know, if there's a buffer class or something like that, I would lean towards that. I don't, yeah. you know, I'm not all excited to go start playing warrior or some frontliner or something like that. You know, I'm pretty much a backliner 
and maybe but, they're getting rid of that whole concept of front mid back but i guess we'll just have to see now what i'm going to wager is that what makes you piss is that the ranger is in <laughs> i had to start this you know i did yeah <laughs> well if they have rangers then that's probably why they require everyone to have a res on their bar now <laughs> <laughs> oh man he took that football and ran straight to the touchdown he did fair enough obviously I haven't played ranger when i'm playing ranger but fair enough <laughs> she's one of those rangers that plays sos no, no, I, I'm one of the Rangers who actually doesn't go to the front line because I have a bow and I don't need to be there. The only times I've played with Tasha, she was on her monk because we actually wanted to get things done effectively. Oh, now that's harsh. That's harsh. We were doing um, the Lux and Speed clears. Yep. Hey, Tiger, I brought coffee. How about you? <laughs> you guys keep going. <laughs> I, do you know what? I've got nothing, nothing against Loudon at all. Nothing at all. And I'm kind of sad as well because the Ranger in Guild Wars 2, I don't see as being the, the same as the Ranger in Guild Wars 1. I probably will not play Ranger in Guild Wars 2 because they seem like they've taken the essence out of the class that I enjoyed and they've probably moved it somewhere else. I'm just waiting to find out where it's gone because the thought of having to have a pet all the time is not my cup of tea. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it really sounds like more of a Beastmaster than a Ranger in the yeah. way it was in the existing game now. And all of the the sort of um, primary Ranger players that I've found, either in my guild or in my alliance, none of them took pets, and none of them are going like, whoa, we can have a pet. They're all kind of like, oh, we have to have a pet now? Yeah, it does seem like a lot of people are disappointed about that. But I have a feeling something else will kind of step in to kind right. of replace that desire so right um i'm looking towards whichever is going to be the profession the um i'm not going to say the gunner class because everyone on like guru and all the rest of it would jump me go they're going there is no gunner class but it's going to be the class that plays that role of using guns primarily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just think gunner yeah. sounds silly too but that's just me yeah actually that class sounds kind of appealing to me too Char with a rifle would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, we'll talk... Okay. I want to talk more about that, what I saw in the Manifesto video, because I have some conflicting information here that's like, what? But um, before we get into that, one more thing I want to ask everybody about is... Um, or I, I just want to bring it up so people know. It, a lot of people that do games or MMOs know about the, um, the... I don't know if you call it a company, I guess, called Curse. And Curse just bought out Guild Wars 2 Guru, as well as Guild Wars Guru. So... That's big news. I don't really know if I have any uh, opinions on it yet. Curse seemed to be all right. Just don't give us a curse client for Guild Wars 2, because the curse client for World of Warcraft was a piece of crap. So, just to put that out there. Well, they didn't do one for Ion when they bought Ion Source, so... Yeah. I'm more or less just using this as a venue to tell Curse their client sucked. Fair enough. Whether it's That's relevant fair. or not. <laughs> but, I think uh, that was mostly for handling um, add-ons, though. Right, and I don't think there'll be really a whole lot of add-on venue in Guild Wars 2. That's really up to Arena Nat. Yeah, my understanding is that they want to keep everything pretty... One of the things about WoW is that people would always ask, you know, do you have this add-on, do you have this add-on, in order to do what they wanted to do, you know? It could actually affect how well you do an instance if you have mm-hmm. a specific add-on. I think Arena Nat's trying to shy away from that and say, look, everybody's mostly going to have the same UI, whether you like that or not, just so that there's a balance and there's less headache about this sort of stuff. Even with text mod, I've never had anyone say to me in Guild Wars, do you have this text mod on? Yeah, do you have chaos mod? Otherwise, 
you can't tell what my uniform really looks like in this outpost. That's going to totally hose us. <laughs> the only time I've actually found it useful is the 50% marker for health bars when you're using Word of Healing. That's like the only thing I found it really, really useful for. That's pretty nice. I never thought about that. Yeah, I have. I made one mod that puts a 50% line on, another one that does the spirit area. I know there are mods out there that do it, but I just didn't trust them, so I did it myself. Well, Ben from our guild, who seems to insist that Guild Wars original should be... Oh, God, I did it! Guild Wars Classic should be <laughs> oh! called... Hunter didn't hear that. Oh. Guild Wars Classic is called Guild Wars... Anyway, Ben made a uh, text mod that, mod that takes that triangle with the eye in that um, Prophecies mission. You know what I'm talking about? That follows yeah. you around. I think I'm just yeah, and he he uh he made it so that thing doesn't appear at all. There's just a bunch of lightning. I tell you what, that'll remove a migraine or two for me. But uh, and then the other one he did was oh, he, your cape, yeah, he made it so our cape has our face fire logo on it. Install that. So yeah, did he finish that one? Well, for some professions and genders thereof, in some random instances, it works. We're still oh. trying to figure out what causes. <laughs> but yeah, it's different. That's odd. Because it should be the same texture throughout. That's odd. Except for, I think, the size of your character, so, like, a warrior's bigger than an elementalist, oh, might give you okay. a completely different mesh, and so a different texture, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Captain, what be that over there? Or, let be sequel Scuttlebutt. Alright, let's go on into sequel Scuttlebutt, and we're gonna jump straight onto the manifesto video, which is the big news of this week. We will have links to this video. It's something that ArenaNet posted, and it's like, kind of just a rehash with the most glamorous crap they've got available right now to really say, look how awesome this is going to be. Um, oh, did yeah. you guys all see it? Oh, oh yeah. God. Yep. That thing was sexy. It was. One of the questions I have about that is the char with the gun. They said that they aren't going to show any professions in that video that they haven't announced yet. So what profession was shooting that gun? It was a warrior. Was Warriors it? have been announced to be able to use guns, yes. I must have missed mm -hmm. that. I knew they could use bows, but I didn't know they could use guns. Yeah, the bow is for the long-range AoE attacks, and the gun is for a long-range uh, single-target attack. Okay. They just didn't show any gun skills when they released the warrior, is all. I still think it looks like medium-level armor, though. Oh, what that char was wearing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm it didn't really look... about that. Yeah, it didn't look all heavy, but good enough to be a warrior's armor, I guess. Or it could have been an early on a warrior early on in the game who just had real wimpy armor. Mm. <laughs> anyway. It could have been a level 47 char. Yeah, my husband thinks it absolutely looks like a warrior, so no, we, we disagree about that. So what other stuff did you see in that video that you really liked? Um, Such as, I'm trying to think of some of the stuff that really knocked my... I'm hearing a lot about that Asura that jumps out of the battle suit. Yeah, yes. that looks cool. I'm that pretty sure really... he's an elementalist. Yeah, yeah. I he, think he's uh, used a skill afterwards that attempt like three by a path things off um, afterwards. I'd say that little sequence right there kind of persuaded me that I do want to make Azirin as my second character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're my second favorite. It's kind of tied between them and the Norn. I can't decide which I like more. That uh, kind of reminded me of Master Blaster from the uh, Road Warrior Thunderdome when he jumps off there after it dies. I'm trying to remember this. That, that was kind of an older movie, wasn't it? Yeah. There was like that little dude that rode around on the back of this big strong guy. Huh. I wonder if it was an homage of some sort. Might have been. But yeah, um, what I did is I'm part of a... I hang out with a pretty big community that's not really Guild Wars related, but more podcast related and stuff, and very WoW-centric sometimes. 
And when I showed this to them, I mean, some of the stuff that they pointed out or said that they were interested in was totally off from what I see on, like, the gurus and stuff. But the big majority of them were saying, wow, you know, I didn't like Guild Wars, but I am definitely going to go check this out. So that video is definitely accomplishing what they were hoping it would. And it's a good thing. I mean, I had a quick look at the um, various, uh, you know, news compilation sites and looked at the comments that were coming up. And, there, yeah, there was the occasional complete and utter flame fest, which just obviously didn't have, you know, look at the video at all. But from the most point, there was sort of guarded optimism, I think is the best way to, to sum it up. People want it to happen, but they're also aware of how much ReInet have bitten off and said that they can accomplish and they've been burnt a few too many times before by other other companies, and they're just a bit like, well, are you actually going to be able to pull this off? We don't quite believe it. Yeah, and for those that haven't seen this video yet, just as a quick rundown, it starts off with some members of the actual ArenaNet team. You have Reese Hosby, Colin Johansson, is that his name? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and then we had, I don't know how to say Daniel's last name. I've always said Doku. Doku, okay. And um, who else? There was one more person. Um... Eric Flanham wasn't in there, was he? No, it was Mike O'Brien. Oh. Mike O'Brien, founder of Arena. How did you forget that name? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes any connection we have with ArenaNet now. He's going to be like, don't talk to those guys. He didn't know my name. One of the things I thought was cool in there was there was like that fortress or outpost or whatever that had like pretty big looking cannons in it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I thought oh, that was yeah. really cool looking. I mean, it yeah. almost looked like a tank, but as they zoomed in on it and stuff, it seemed like, well, it probably actually doesn't move. It's huge mm. inside. I'm hoping it does move. I I think I saw something mentioned how it moves along the front of the Dragon brand, but that might as well have been just wishful thinking on my part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so with this video, what it did, it went through some of the internet employees. They were talking about some things you can expect from Guild Wars 2. And then the second half of it was just tons of just some of the best stuff that they could pull out of Guild Wars 2, including that giant uh, cannon fortress thing. It almost seems like it was a moving zone or something. I mean, with my understanding of MMOs, you know, you can enter a zone. Well, this one would just be like on a path of its own or something. I don't know. It was huge when that camera went in there, though. Yeah, yeah. that, that was. Cool. That would fit really well with their dynamic events, too, to have this that Citadel moving back and forth. Mm-hmm. Mm. Something else I picked up from the video is I know we've seen examples of it before, but something they really highlighted was the um, the way that different skills and different professions interact. You had the um, ranger that was on top of the elementalist firewall using whirling defense, and she was basically chucking up bits of fire and hurling them in an arc in front of her. Um, and there was another one where they used static field around a warrior shooting through it, and it acted like a taser on someone. That was freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the and noise see, the guy made was even better. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a really neat example of multi-purpose skills, too, because whirling defense, you know, you think it's just, well, I'm going to defend myself. But in that instance, it was able to be used as an attack skill. Yeah. yeah. What they should have for PvP is if you come up on an elementalist who's got the static field going and a warrior's nearby, you should have a skill that says, don't tase me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the end, also, there was a huge highlight on those dragons. Mm. There was one corrupted dragon, and I mean, that was kind of the big thing that a lot of people were, you know, the graphics in this game are going to be awesome. This huge corrupted dragon kind of looks like the Marganites from Guild Wars. Um, but at the very, very end, there's a quick little cutout that's underwater where there's a Silvari 
just swimming there, and this huge monster goes swimming past, and I thought it was just a dragon. But as it's apparently as, not a dragon. Yeah, people are talking about it, and Martin Kirstein is even kind of like, no, that's not an elder dragon, and he keeps referring to it as a monster. It's not the deep sea dragon, so we're like, Whoa, okay, what is this? My guess is it's a mountain. <laughs> that is definitely wishful thinking, but that would be such an awesome mount. I would like r- to note. I would like to note that the uh, the purple dragon you see, the corrupted one you're talking about, his name is the Shatterer. Oh, that's right. They did mm. clear that up. Yeah, that thing was pretty big, and my understanding is that's actually a pretty small dragon compared to some of the big bosses that we'll be running into. Yeah, it's also playable at the demo, apparently. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. those those main dragons, uh, from what I saw from the art and stuff, they're going to be so enormous. It, it'll make Abaddon from Guild Wars look like small cakes. Actually, this dragon, this crypt, the Shatterer here looked way bigger than Abaddon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of the new stuff we saw from the from the video is going to be playable areas in the demo. Like, we know we've yeah. got a beginning human area, and that... Um, that elemental we saw with the hands coming up and looking like a disaster tornado is going to be, you're going to fight him at level one. And they talked about how you're going to be like, what is it? Level 47 char mm-hmm. be battling in a high level char area. And you're actually going to take on the shatterer. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to Gamescom next week as I've said many times before. Um, and I'm meeting my guild out there. It's about six or seven of us going out there. I've challenged them to take on the shatterer and I got laughed at for it so yeah i might have to bribe people with beer so you're still going to be able to come back and tell us about how awesome it was right yeah yeah i will be i'm also hoping to get some videos as well um if i can't take videos of the game itself i will just take videos of our reactions to it because i don't know how strict that will be on videos and all the rest of it so yeah yeah um okay and Here's just one little tidbit that I read from a guy named Seamus Young on the Escapist from the Escapist magazine. He said, I realize it sounds like I've gone all hype and fanboy on you, and I apologize for my complete lack of bitter cynicism. To be fair, I didn't even like the original Guild Wars all that much. But these are unprecedented times. It's been years since anyone has really rolled the dice like this, and I can't wait to see what happens. And that's, that's a pretty um, fair summation of how people outside of Guild Wars, you know, the Guild Wars main hub... That's about how people are reacting to this video is, whoa, you know, I feel like a fanboy, and that's, that's a little odd. Mm. Mm. Well, he is, he is right. It, it is a real roll of the dice for arena, but then Guild Wars 1 was a real roll of the dice for arena, and that landed in their favor. And as long as they're given enough time and they really do stick to that, we'll release it when it's ready, man, you know, thing that they keep saying, they actually, actually mean it. I think they'll pull it off because they've got people's attention now. And once you know, be it six months from now, even though they don't say anything for six months, people will still be like, oh, Guild Wars 2, I remember that really impressing me, I'll go and check it out. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like if you're an outsider and you just look at that video, you're like, wow, because that thing is really impressive. And you don't have the, oh, I hope this is different, or I hope that's the same thing going on, and you're just, all you have is being overwhelmed by that video. Mm. The other thing is there isn't an excuse of, I can't afford it because it's subscription. There isn't that excuse for not getting it. Boy, I agree with that. That's one of the biggest things they'll have to overcome is network lock from other games. Wow! <clears throat> but once they do that, once they overcome that, this game could easily just kind of be the future of MMOs. I'm not going to use the phrase WoW killer because WoW would only kill itself. But mm-hmm. we need mm-hmm. a game that is just so much better that it just becomes what MMOs are. You know, right now you say MMO, you think of WoW. 
I could see this easily usurping that, at least. Was usurping the right word there? Supplant. Supplant. Usurp. Okay. I like usurp better. It sounds, sounds like something cooler. you would do with, with a uh, 7-Eleven frozen beverage. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Another um, thing I really liked about the um, the trailer was that was the fact that they're not using expensive high resolution CG um, mm. CG videos. Everything they've shown is in game. Oh yeah, yeah. And I've seen a few people saying, you know, what's the game actually really going to look like? Because this is CG, and it's like, no, no, it's not CG. This is actually like the real thing. Well, it is CG, but it's the in-game computer-generated stuff. Okay, yeah, that was (laughs) one. Do you think it's the equivalent of like cutscenes, though? Because like some of those scenes where they're like running across the bridge and the camera just goes sweeping by, it seems like that would be hard to do. Just you know, normal in-game stuff, unless there's camera controls or something like that. I think it would be a case of the that um, ArenaNet have additional control over the cameras. I think it will all be in-game. I just don't think that you as a player will be able to possibly make those movements just because you haven't got the necessary camera angles that mm-hmm. ArenaNet have. If you look at some of the Winter's Day uh, or other event videos that ArenaNet have up on the Guild Wars 1 website, there are camera angles of that that you cannot get as an ordinary player um, of the in-game events that they did. Uh, it's just because they've got Super controls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically you have in-game footage just with a atypical camera. Yeah. Yeah. The models and the textures and the lighting is all indicative of what you'll find when you actually get into the game. Yeah. And I think the ArenaNet wouldn't show us anything that wasn't as you would expect to find it in-game. Especially with the blog post that followed up after the video about walking the walk. Mm-hmm. I think that if they did show anything that was wildly off that would completely undermine their marketing and i think that would just it would go against their flow basically you know what really caught me off guard was how the outsider everybody outside this community knows so much about Ree sosby like she's a i guess a very prominent novelist and her work is just well known because a lot of people are just coming in saying oh it's got Ree sosby has something to do with this huh well i'm behind it then i could swear they ha- they might as well have had um r.a salvatore or something I guess that doesn't strike a chord with any of you guys. I hadn't noticed that. Uh, no. But I've been kind of out of it for the past week. Well, this did, that didn't take place on the Guild Wars 2 Guru forums. That was like, you know, WoW forums and stuff where people would just oh, see a video okay. and they're oh, like, Oh, Reese Osby. The place where I will not tread. Yeah, well, <laughs> this isn't specifically a WoW forum. I'm not that much of a turncoat, damn it. I have nothing against WoW. I just didn't find it that interesting. Yeah. That's all. There's going to be a playable demo, as uh, Tasha pointed out, in Gamescom this week. And uh, I failed to put in the show notes for last week's episode um, the live footage thingy, but I will in this week since it's more pertinent anyway this mm-hmm. week. But, uh, yeah, the demo, um, from what I've read, you can be a level one human just to see what that's all going to be like, getting used to the game and stuff. And then it'll also allow you to be a level, what did you say, 47, Char? I think so. Yeah. Yep. So that'll be cool. What I'd like to know is if you're going to be able to catch up on the stuff you missed like during the day for the live demo. Like if you can't if you're at work or something and you can't watch the feeds, are you is there going to be clips that you can watch once you get home to catch up? I imagine someone will record it. I want to see everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not obsessed at all. No. no. Of course not. Of course not. The thing that I think is really great with a demo is not only are they They've said that you're going to get about 30 to 40 minutes each to 
you know, sit and play at the demo before you get kicked off for one. And that's a long time really to get with a game, especially when it's this popular. Um, the other thing is that ArenaNet back in Seattle will actually be playing alongside people at Gamescom and the people at PAX. So it won't just be the 45 people that are there. It will be the 45 people that are there and the 150 ArenaNet employees back home. Yeah, I remember that. That's pretty cool. That. Which is, I mean, considering it's the middle of the night for them as well. I mean, a 9 a.m. start is like 1 a.m. start. So that's, yeah. Good thing there will be no monks in this game then, because the initial uh, impression for everyone would be, I don't know, that person from ArenaNet was playing monk, and he sucked. Well, he fell asleep asleep at the keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) This guy will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard this game will work on Windows 7. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this game. I heard that Norman are really tall. That's just speculation. So one thing I've always wanted to talk about is balancing a casual gamer's MMO with the lucrative nature of an MMO that totally ruins people's lives and kind of acts like a drug. I'm being attacked by a fly here. He doesn't like me asking this question. <laughs> He's evidently, you know, a hardcore player that's snobbish of casuals. Yeah. But um, this is something that... I mean, how how I don't know how I would handle it if I was in ArenaNet's shoes. Because I want them to make a game that I can play casually and not have to get on for at least an hour every day just to be at least viable with the end game content. But that would piss off a lot of hardcores or people that don't really have lives. You know, th- this is something I've just seen in WoW plenty of. It's like mm-hmm. they tried to mm-hmm. fall back a little bit to help the casuals, but even then, their daily heroics and all that, that was just too much for me. Something that um, I have to try and pull it up. There was an interview with um, Eric Flanham about that exact issue. Uh, let me see if I can find it. And he said, let's give. Um, casual gamers something meaningful to, in half an hour. Oh, here, if Mike O'Brien said, players should be able to get to the fun part of the game as soon as they sit down and play, let's give players something meaningful in half an hour. And that was on Game Reactor, that was said. So, yep. I think that where this comes down to is that if you have a subscription, you have to give people a reason to resubscribe, and getting them addicted to the game is a great way of making them resubscribe, along with Offering benefits that will happen just after the monthly, you know, resubscribe period. If you've got a game that doesn't have a subscription fee, you don't need to provide that incentive to your players. Ooh. Okay, just enough to make them want to buy the next slew of content. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a really good point. Yeah, as she was saying that, I suddenly had a moment of, oh, I'm trying to catch a fly and, ooh, I caught him. Hold on. <laughs> Get out of here, you bastard. All right. I'm going to... Chuckless into there. There we go. It was actually that interview is really quite good. It was a very very well spoken interview compared to some of the other crap I've seen thrown at ArenaNet employees lately. Was some that of them was been really disres- disrespectful? <laughs> was that the one where they were talking about feats and how feats are going to be like the Guild Wars 2 version of Rusted Experience, where it'll benefit? players who don't play all that often more than it would benefit a player that sits down for eight hours at a time and plays no i well maybe it was um no no i don't think it was i haven't seen that one if you've got the link to that one i'd be interested in reading it um i'll probably find it after the show's over it takes me but this was to find things. this was an interview where they actually asked the exact question of, um, you mentioned the manifesto that Guild Wars 2 isn't designed to suck your life away. Do you think certain MMOs like World of Warcraft are engineered to be as addictive as possible? 
So. I like that. Yeah. As well, Eric Flem also uh, said that they were thinking that the time between levels wouldn't be much more than an hour and a half. So that means level 1 to level 80 in 100 hours. That's actually a pretty a long leveling process. Not that I'm going to complain about that, because that keeps people a little more invested in their characters. Still an hour and a half a level is not unachievable. Not at all, no. And there, there are a lot of people... Like Some of the biggest complaints I hear from people about Guild Wars is there's nothing to do in it because people are so used to being like that rat in a cage that just keeps chasing the wheel. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's kind of stupid to me that people want to be that so bad. They want to be the rat chasing the wheel, where I'm the guy who likes to have everything done and just be able to be casual with an accomplished character. But um, what that does is it kind of shows a balance there where they're not totally making it easy to just have this great and awesome character. It's something you have to work toward, and you'll feel accomplished for it. But you can still have a job and get paid well and a successful yeah. marriage. Well-rounded <laughs> yeah. children. <laughs> I find it kind of strange. I mean, I'm getting married next January, and my husband-to-be and I are already planning on taking the first week that Guild Wars 2 is out off work so we can play together. That's quite sad, I think. Oh, no, that's not bad at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, the dynamic events in the end game, do you think that'll be useful? Or are dynamic events going to be something you just graduate from? No, I think it'll be really useful. Yeah, I think it's going to be an integral part of the end game. But if it's not, then this is my way of bringing up the topic and saying, make it! Because dynamic events, a lot of people are acting like, well, it's just a quest with a different name. No, it's not. If you right. really read up what they said about dynamic events, it's freaking awesome, comparatively speaking. So well, I want this to be part of it. I look at it as lots and lots and lots of little mini alliance battles going backwards and forwards, like the Lux and the Kurzix going backwards and forwards between them winning and you winning. Yeah, a lot of little things like that. You have various different stages towards like you being inside the Centaur stronghold, holding them back to them having raised the nearest village and like pillaging the lands around it. I think at Endgame we'll see more uh, dungeons more heavily used than we will mm-hmm. see dynamic events because it's, it's Endgame and almost everybody's expectation for the end of the game is getting a group together and going to do something. The, the dynamic events... I view as something that just happens out in the regular world. It's not something that can be planned for because you never know when a certain event's going to be up and running. Whereas a dungeon is like is something you can put on a schedule and get a group together and go do with your mm. guild and with your friends. So yeah. I think mm. that might be more used more heavily in the end game than dynamic events are. But but there is I always mean, the possibility of we're going to go and explore region X tonight. And just see what's happening. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm absolutely. talking about. Is like, uh, I agree. Dungeons, there's a lot of things ArenaNet is questioning right now and shaking up. But I don't think dungeons or instances is really something anybody's asking for a change to because they're cool. So you're right. I believe we'll see those as kind of the main feature of Endgame. But it would also be nice whenever when you're planning something and nothing's really going on to be able to just zip on down to, you know, the Delessio Seaboard or whatever and see what's happening try and retake yeah. back some stronghold or fight some big monster while you're waiting and everyone's like, hey, we almost got this monster down. Oh, sorry, it's time for me to go do an instance. Well, in that case, it'll scale back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I really, really, I'm really curious to see how people will approach the dynamic events. And I'd actually quite like to spend some time next week just watching people play Guild Wars 2 because 
I think a lot of people will be looking for the quest markers, especially the, the people who haven't heard about the game and just sit down because they think it looks cool. Um, they'll, you know, they'll be looking around for quest markers and not see anything at all. I wonder how much people actually have to sit there and tell them, no, this person's yelling at you. That is the quest mark. Quest mark. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be like ArenaNet employees standing around helping people, saying, just. Like, if they see someone running around at random, they'll mention, hey, there's something over here you can do. Or whether they'll just leave it to the, you know, Guild Wars mm-hmm. fanboys and girls that are standing around. <laughs> That's a good point. I just, I just wonder how much diversity they can have in those dynamic events over the long haul. Or if it's just going to be, oh, great, the centaurs are attacking again. You know, like the, I don't know if it's a fair comparison or not, but the Z-Quests, they were cool for a while, but now it's just like, that again? I'm not really interested in that anymore. Mm. Well, there will come a point where they run out. I mean, they haven't got an unlimited number of, of people coding all these events, so they can't, you know, they're going to repeat. It's a question of how long it is until they repeat. And I, I had a little bit of a spat with um, Ravenous about this on the Guild Wars 2 Guru forums, basically saying, him saying, you know, how feasible is it going to be that the bunnies get out of the cage again, and how feasible is it that the village gets taken over again or the bandits you know do whatever poison the water hole so like, well whenever you catch a number of bunnies they don't all get in the cage and they have this nasty habit of breeding so they're going to come back no matter what you do you can't safeguard against it same way if you piss someone off they're going to turn into a bandit and they're going to try and want to take over unless there's something bigger in the way stopping them like they haven't got weapons or they haven't got poison in which case they'll go off and they'll start like raiding carts that are going past. So yes, the events will be cyclical, and yes, you will come across the same situation again. But you might find that the events will cross over, they'll interlap, and things won't always be the same, just by the nature of the world. So I don't think it's going to get boring for a lot longer time than quests normally would do. Like, quests done at once, I whoopie-doo. Well, quests get boring the like moment you come across them the first time. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was more or less my opinion. Some people really like questing. To me, questing sucks. I agree with you. Well, one thing I think most people keep forgetting is that the the dynamic events will cascade and will spawn other dynamic events. I mean, yeah. we are so conditioned to thinking about, okay, here we do something, and then we go and do something else. We're not used to thinking that we do something now something else is going to happen because of that. What I think people need to do is go get the game Infamous and play that for a while, and you'll start to get an idea, I think, of what they're kind of looking for in an MMO. Because in Infamous, what platform is that on? That's on the PS3. It's basically look for a sandbox game. I think there was another one called Prototype that was similar to this. And sandbox games are getting pretty popular. But what they do is they give you a line, like a, a line of things you have to do. But overall, you can just mess around the whole time in this huge world that they just set out. And they make it, like, they totally balance it around the possibility that at any point in time, you're just going to totally go off course and do your own thing. And that's what I'm hoping they're doing for Guild Wars 2, is it's just like, yeah, I mean, there's this main kind of storyline you can do, but for the most part, you level up by just getting out there and do stuff. Just go do crap. That's how you level. At least I hope so. I would think that's pretty likely, because they keep talking about, well, do you... Do you want to get into a bar fight, or do you want to work on your personal storyline, or do you maybe want to go out and just do stuff? I, I get the feeling that you'll just be able to do whatever you feel like. 
and not have you're not locked to a track saying this is what you're doing and you have to do this before you can do this before you can do that. So I'm going to title this episode so we can just do stuff. <laughs> I think that actually pretty much sums up what I think a lot of people will have problems with. They haven't kind of grasped the idea of, of the entire game. It's just like, so, so what am I meant to do now? Can, can someone point me in the right direction, please? And you're like, okay, uh, turn your camera. Which way? Anyway, they turn it. There you go. You know, one thing on the dynamic events, though, is the old access to UW and Fissure of Woe was basically a dynamic event because your region had to be winning HA. Mm. Yeah. And they kind of went away from that because people couldn't do what they wanted when they wanted to, or they introduced scrolls. Yeah, what I see happening is that nothing as um, pivotal or uh, big as UW will hinge on any sort of ownership of anything. I think it's mostly just stuff that's going on in the world is triggered by other stuff going on in the world and how you make, you know, how you affect it. So if there's anything really big, you have to go do like an instance or whatever. That's still going to be available. At least I hope that's where they go with it. Because that you're making a good point. They've mm-hmm. they learned once already that people don't like to be locked out of the big things. I heard this mentioned. I can't remember where, but I think the biggest problem with Fisher Woe and Underworld were that the PVE oriented people had to wait for the people who were big into PvP to get their butts in gear and <laughs> you know. <laughs> get get the favor of the gods before they could do their thing. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it was yeah, a it, feeling of helplessness. Like, well, I don't PvP, but I want to go do this. Well, I just have to wait until somebody else gets, you know, gets the, uh, gets the yeah. favor for me. It was a pretty small and, subset of people that could actually go and be good enough to win in halls and then actually want to go and do UW or Fissure. Yeah. And as a mm-hmm. result, it was based on population, um, and the timing around the world as well, because you could guarantee, like, within about half an hour span, when Favor would change hands. And if that wasn't at a time that you could play, you were screwed. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I know that Europe- European players would hold it from about 9 a.m. until about 11 p.m., I think, something like ridiculous like that. So if our internet listens, listen to Loudon there, that could be a problem. I doubt it will be, though. <laughs> <laughs> no good comes from listening to me. <laughs> As a new player to Guild Wars. Ah, Togo, I just want to get through this already. Shut up! I see people running around in some gear that I can't find. What's really weird is this armor is appearing on all sorts of professions, not just one. I really like it, but I don't know where to find it. Do you guys know what someone's talking about when they say this? Yep. Kind of. I would go with chaos gloves. (laughs) Or costumes. Yeah, I was thinking costumes when I wrote this. I Um, was thinking, uh, like, blindfolds and glasses. Yeah. Crowns and yeah, the crowns and the the festival hats—they're kind of the same thing. But um, when I first got back to Guild Wars, it didn't take me long because I mean I'd known it for so well from before. But I saw the people walking around in white mantle costumes and stuff, and I thought, what the heck is that? And um, then I started noticing it was on various professions, and I thought, well, obviously this can't be profession-related armor. So then mm-hmm. I went to look it up, and I found out that it was stuff you could buy from the NCSoft store. But um, I figured if somebody didn't have as much experience with Guild Wars, they might be a little bit more thrown off by just all the, you know, how many people were standing around in those green hooded, um, yeah, Shing, <laughs> I kept wanting to say Shing J, Shing J outfits, but that's stupid, that's not Shing J, that's uh, Shining Blade. You get those too with, um, with some of the Eye of the North things, there's headpieces that are, you can use across multiple professions, like the Highlander Woad, where it paints half your face one color. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing to be careful is if you're going to get one of the the Eye of the North masks, um, that be either the blindfold or what have you, or the glasses as well, be careful. Um, check on the wiki because for some characters and for some sexes, the pieces of armor clip really, really badly and it looks god-awful. So do check on the wiki because it does tell you which professions which have a particular problem with what armor. Yeah. That's a good thing and- to think of. And everyone went quiet. Well, and the other thing I wanted to say about this is if you play a paragon, like if you really like the profession, but you think they just look cheesy as hell, uh, go ahead and go buy a Shining Blade outfit. That's what I'm going to do. I will not They're only available for a limited time, though, aren't they? Haven't they finished? Have they? I know that they they were still available uh, last time I looked, which was a couple weeks ago. Oh, maybe they haven't then. I know, um, especially like the Duena and Grant one, they were only available for a little while over Winter's Day. I might be entirely wrong. They might still be up there. I thought they were only available for a limited time, though. I'll go check. For anybody that thinks it's cheesy that they're selling this stuff or thinks that's cheap, remember, these guys don't have a subscription fee. So yeah. Pretty and nice little way to recoup some cash. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't help. It's just, you know, for looks. Yeah. I don't actually see that many people running around with the costumes, either. I mean, it doesn't help that the Shining Blade costume looks exactly like the, like, Norn Ranger outfit. Or is it Van Gold Ranger outfit? One of the two. So it doesn't yeah, I don't often see it, but um, yeah, I have this the um, white mantle one. I've got it as a freebie from Arena Net. Just won it off the Twitter account, and I think I used it on maybe two of my characters, mostly because the armor that I have for them is but ugly. Oh, you got a freebie, huh? Yeah, I was quick. <laughs> I was camping the Twitter account for a while. Lucky. The shining blade white mantle Grunt and Duena costumes are all still available. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they stopped them. No, nope. at least they're available on my account. Maybe I'm special. So I'm okay. Totally mistaken then. I've learned something new today. <laughs> um, can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the uh, things? Excellent. Let the people have their pro tip sauce. For the pro tips today, uh, Loudon, what is a glaiveway? It's a uh, well, actually, it can be any class that uses destructive voice glaive along with some other ritualist skills and pretty much you just get a group of glaive bombers that all cast destructive voice glaive so they're holding the item they run up to whatever enemy you want to kill you recast which causes the first one to drop doing damage then you drop the one you just cast so real quick you get two big hits of damage from multiple attackers and then you follow it up with ancestor's rage or spirit rift to finish off yeah, and I see this being used... Um, is this mostly used in Domain of Anguish, or is it, like, all over the place? It can work almost anywhere. Huh. I may have to try that in other places, and I haven't been in Domain of Anguish in a while, but... So would it work in Urgaz's Warren? Um, I don't know. I've only done Urgaz once to get the statue for my hall. I don't remember it, to be honest. Oh. I want the... I want another Gaki. I want the easiest way to accumulate Gakis as possible. You know, I was doing a vanquish last night, and we actually got a Gaki out of the uh, mysterious summoning stones. And I was in fits of giggles the entire time. My people I was with couldn't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, I had an overload of cuteness because I have this thing about rock beetles and rain beetles. They make the cutest noise ever. Yes. Like, to me, it's like the cutest noise in the entire world. So I, I had that going on. I had that going on, and then the gacky beside me as well, and it was just like, oh dear lord. (laughs) (laughs) See, I actually can do an impersonation of the Beatles. Do it. That's how they go. 
Huh. Okay, <laughs> do that again, real quick. So that's what it sounded like, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was pro-monking as well, so it's completely not a fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least right after the Gaki makes that sound, you could pound some key like Prot Spirit and be like, okay, I can laugh. <laughs> I, the worst thing was we started at one o'clock in the morning I don't know who decided it was a great idea we went to AB and people were like this sucks we're losing all the time let's go do a vanquish it's like it's 1am are you sure about this <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be fine oh, you get to that point when you're so tower tired everything is funny <laughs> I wasn't actually that tired it was just like what are you guys doing you don't usually stay up past like half midnight you're all pumpkins <laughs> <laughs> there have been plenty of times where I was healing and I found everything funny because I would suddenly wake up and they'd be halfway across the map and be like, you guys really don't need me, do you? <laughs> I have seriously fallen asleep at the keyboard before. You know what's really funny? This is totally not Guild Wars related anymore, but um, I remember when I was about 21 years old, this was like so seven years ago, I was playing the game Deuce X online with my friend and um, we were doing a multiplayer mission. So, and it was actually where we were fighting against each other, but you could still chat. At one point, I remember falling asleep, like my head nodded down. I picked my head back up, and it showed in the chat log that I had said something about birthday cakes and bananas. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, was I really typing in my sleep? And he goes, all I know is I have no idea what you were going on about. I'm a little disappointed you weren't talking about pie instead of cakes. I know. that. Well, I think I'm answering it. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, man. So that wraps up our segments. Um, to talk about the feedback we got this week, well, we didn't really. We got feedback, but none of them through email or through the phone line or anything. So we, we try and keep it down to just what comes to us through email, phone, or iTunes. So please use those three venues if you guys can, if you'd like to be heard on the show. Um, for iTunes, just basically the reviews is what we read. Um, I would love to get more phone calls, so I really hope you guys can jump on that. But uh, the email address is relicsofor, relicsoforr at gmail.com, and the uh, phone line is 708-202-9262. Just leave a message there. Um, the voicemail is a little funky, so just listen to the whole thing to be sure you know you're talking to the right person, rather than me fix it because I'm lazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so far, we've only gotten one call, but uh, we will play any call that we get, at least for now, because we don't get that many. Yes. Um, also, thanks to the people who do give us feedback in game on Twitter and all that. Um, sorry, we don't read your stuff on the show. There's just there's a lot more of that, so we have to kind of focus in on what really wants to be said. Um, we're also doing a compilation of Gu- the Guild Wars community. It's a list, so just send us an email at relicsofor at gmail.com for that as well. If you have a Guild Wars online resource, if you want to be in our guild, uh, we're still recruiting. You can go to our forums at relicsofor.com slash forums and send in your application there. And, uh, yeah, I'm done with formalities. Oh, we're on Twitter and Facebook also. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Loudon, did you prepare for the Wheel of Morality? Yeah, I got one. Awesome. For, so people out there know, we also have a Wheel of Morality dumping grounds we're throwing together, which is starting to look like something that would just make a good stand-up routine instead. It is pretty funny. Yeah, some of those are really choice. And actually, love, we haven't used like any of them so far. Yeah. Well, Johnny's from last week was in there, and that was awesome. That made oh. me really laugh when he said that. That's right, yeah. I know exactly how that is, because I spent a whole week in Utah for a, a new job and orientation, and I spent the whole week without anything to trim my 
I have a designer beard, so I'm all I look all fancy. But um, it got really, really scruffy by the end of last week. And I was supposed to be making a good impression. Fortunately, I don't think they cared. Yeah, that was entertaining discussion right there. I couldn't tell. <laughs> well, funnily enough, I don't have any experience in that matter. Yeah, sorry, can't relate. Oh, okay. So it's estrogen, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so, Wheel of Morality, turn, turn, turn. One of these days I want to do this, how would Wacko say that? Because Yakko always did it before, he'd be like, Wheel of Morality, turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn, Loudon. If you need a ranger to get the job done, then you're doing it wrong. I'm Ryan. <laughs> I'm Tiger. <laughs> I'm pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Loudon. So I was thinking we should name this fly the Brindle Fly. By the end of this episode, I'll be like half Jeff Goldblum. Ah, never mind. I decided to try Zyrtec yesterday. Zyrtec is rather pro. It sounds like a boss in, like, World of Warcraft. Okay, so I am going to... Oh, I apparently already did hit record at one point. Nice. So all that was caught. I've got blackmail. Well, well, it's not like I said anything bad. It's only my opinion. Oh, yeah, but I can edit it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do that? <laughs> And Relics is never getting a shout-out on SI Radio. Okay. <laughs> Again. And for the custom. Natasha, <gasps> <laughs> depends on where in the U.S. you go, because the state I live in, we've got liquor and beer and wine in our supermarkets. I can go to Walmart and pick up, you know, like 81 proof Everclear if I want. And that's no. why when you go to, like, the DMV, everybody's like, here, let me just help you with this pass." <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.